This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much. And hello again, radio friends. How in the world are you? Doing all right today? Well, I trust so. Bless your heart. Nice to be back with you. This is your good friend Bob Cook, and we are going to look at 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 14. We got into that the last time I got together, and we'll walk through it again and go on into verse 15 as time serves us. It's a great book, isn't it, this 1 Thessalonians? He says, Now we exhort you, brethren, and that's uh, that's the beseeching word. It's a kind word. It doesn't have any gravel in it. We beseech you. We ask you earnestly and lovingly. That's what it means. Warn them that are unruly. Warn is a verb that actually is a compound word meaning set their minds straight. Get some sense into them, those that are unruly. And unruly means out of line, out of rank. They're out of step. They're absent without leave. They're they're trying to do their own thing. Self-will is not only not only tragic and oftentimes ridiculous, but it's, uh, it's it doesn't have any sense to it. There is no sense to the idea of of just insisting on doing your own thing. That's why Paul says, if they're out of line and out of rank, try to put some sense in them. <laughs> Interesting concept, isn't it? Remember this the next time you want your own way instead of God's will, will you? Not only do you end up looking ridiculous, but it it it, it says to everybody that you don't have good sense. Anybody with good sense is going to go God's way. See, that's the idea. Well, that speaks to my heart, and I know it does to yours. I want God's will, and I want to have the, the good sense to do it. Amen? Well, he says, comfort the feeble-minded. Now, when we use the word feeble-minded today, we mean folk that are brain-injured, uh, and our hearts go out to them, and we do all we can for them. We have the special Olympics, and we have special education and all of that which is as it ought to be. And by the way, Christian culture is the only place, a Christian country or a Christian area is the only place where you find people who care about those who are who are needy in this sense. However, uh, feeble-minded as it's as it's rendered here uh, in in your in your uh, original text uh, means people with small minds, small souls. Folk who uh, just, uh, they don't see the big picture. Now, what are you supposed to do for them? Well, it says comfort them. And it uses the word comfort in a verb that that uh, is often used in terms of uh, of consoling people who are who are in sorrow. Uh, the, the, the warm, tender, compassionate presence of, the loving words that help somehow to cut the edge of sorrow. That's the verb he uses there. Um, being alongside to comfort. Now, how does that help somebody that doesn't quite see the whole picture, the small soul, 
upon whom life uh, frequently falls in and, and everything seems to be just too much. Well, it helps a lot if somebody cares. That's the first thing. Second, more people are encouraged by a loving word than by good advice. You know that, don't you? More people are encouraged by a loving word, the assurance that somebody cares, uh, than by all the good advice in the world. And so he says, if you find somebody that's a small soul, don't lecture him, encourage him with a loving word. It's a good idea, isn't it? Then he says, support the weak. Now, here's a, here's a word that means to, to, to hold close. Support is uh, the, the present middle form of antecho, to hold on to or to keep close to. And it's in the middle voice here, so it means to keep oneself directly opposite to another so as to sustain him. Bob Savage is now with the Lord, great soul that he was, wonderful brother, missionary in South America for many years. Many of you remember him. He and I were in uh, Jamaica at Montego Bay, and we had a couple of hours in uh, the day when there wasn't any meeting or anything, and so we said, let's go swimming. Well, you know those crystal clear waters there of the Caribbean, uh, were quite inviting. And so we got our bathing suits and a snorkel and went on out. And I was fascinated. The uh, the kind of marine life that you find on the on the bottom of the of the beach there, just a few feet under the surface of the water, all kinds of beautiful marine uh, life. And some you didn't want to step on and some you could admire and all of that. So I was going about, and then suddenly I, I felt tired, and I thought, well, I'm going to turn around and go back in. I was maybe, oh, how far, 25 or 30 feet out. But the water was too deep for me to step down on the bottom, and at the same time, my snorkel began to leak. Now, I'm not enough of an, of an expert swimmer to know too much about all these things, and so I figured I better get on out of here before I drown. <laughs> you can see the picture. <laughs> well, I, I was tiring. And so I called out to, to, to Bob Savage, who was just a few feet away. I said, Bob, give me a lift here, will you? I'm tiring out. He says, oh, I'm resting myself. He thought I was kidding. I said, no, I'm I'm really mean it. Give me a lift. So he just came right on over and put his arm around my shoulder and helped to tow me on into a place where I could touch bottom. He held on to me. To help me. Now that's what that verb means. Some, somebody who's weak, that word weak means no strength, strengthless, you might say. Somebody who doesn't have any strength, can't put up with the pressures of life, can't really make it, said, so You hold on to him, you support him, you help him, you hold on to him. Now I think I have to admit that my tendency, and maybe yours as well, sometimes has been to say, Oh, well, He's a loser. She just, she'll never make it and just sort of give up. Have you been there? Now, this tells me don't give up. Don't give up. See? 
That's, that's the thing that counts. Every now and again, you'll see, either in literature or in the media, an account of some parent, for example, who just wouldn't give up. Uh, the, uh, the, the television had a program, I think it was two, three years ago now, of a mother whose child seemed autistic and, and would not cooperate in any way, but she simply prayed and insisted that something was going to be done with this child and that there would be growth and there would be response. And so she kept on praying and kept on working, even though her family and, and neighbors said, it's hopeless, you ought to institutionalize the child and, and let that be that. And then one day, she found him sitting at a piano, picking out a tune. And uh, later on, he was able to play things that he had heard. And when this program was recorded about him, here he was playing beautifully some of the complex classical pieces that he had, that she had played for him uh, on the on a record. And he was responding now and uh, was speaking. They said it couldn't be done, and she said, no, I'm not going to give up. Don't give up on people. Don't give up on yourself, incidentally. Many a person says, oh, I'll never be any different, and just gives up. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on other people. Hang on. That's what that word means. All right? Then, says he, Support the weak. Be patient toward all. The word men is in italics there. That means they put it in to help it make sense. But you could say be patient toward all, everybody. Now, patient. Uh, there's a word for patience that is often used in the New Testament, hupomone, which means stay under. Don't, don't blow up or give up or pop up. Stay down. But that word is not used here. Instead, they use a word that means long-spirited, long-tempered, large-hearted. Makrothumia, large-hearted, long-tempered. Well, we've all heard of a short-tempered person. You say of someone, well, he has a short fuse. Now he says, in other words, you have a long fuse, long-spirited, long-suffering. This same word is, is translated long-suffering elsewhere. Be patient, long-suffering, large-hearted. Make room in your heart for people as they are, not as you wish they were. Oh, wouldn't it be nice if everyone would measure up to our expectations? But we're all human beings and we all fail. I think every one of my friends, and God has given me a lot of them through the years, would, would gladly admit that Cook has, has uh, failed them at some point or other. <laughs> well, they still love me. A friend is somebody who loves you as you are, who knows all about you and loves you anyway. That's, that's the definition of a real friend. And so this is what God is saying. Make room in your heart for people as they are. Warts and all, as somebody has said. Now, where you have a disagreeable person, where you have a difficult person, where you have a devious person whom you can't quite trust, Oh, boy, that's a rough one, isn't it? Where you have a greedy or lustful or proud or maybe an insecure person that reacts violently against supposed hurts, that, that's a hard one, too, to get along with, isn't it? Well, whatever persons you have to deal with in life, 
He says, make room for them, just as they are long-spirited. Why? Number one, they're valuable to God, and therefore they should be cherished by you. Number two, God isn't done with them yet. God is in the process of doing something in their lives. So give God time with them. People who've chewed me out have written 20 years later to apologize. It takes God so, some time to work with people. So God isn't done with them yet. And the third thing is God isn't done with you yet. And he's doing something in your heart. And when you let him shed his love and his grace around in a difficult interpersonal situation, it does something, my dear friend, for you. Holy Father, today, help us to love and support and be patient toward other people while you work in our lives as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.